Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Yo. Uh. Yo. Uh. Aubrey Edwards, Tony Schiavone, we bout to party. We bout to party, unrestricted, got the house now, we gon' turn it up, up, bring the house down, got that big space pump and make them bounce now, flossing like they bossing and the freaks are coming out now. It is AEW Unrestricted, I am Aubrey Edwards, here with my good friend Will Washington, how are you doing Will? I'm doing great, how are you Aubrey? I'm doing fantastic because I got to actually stay in town for a pay-per-view for once. I got to sleep in my own bed. I didn't know what that was like, and I got to enjoy (laughs) it. Isn't that a hoot? You got to do it back-to-back nights, too, because we had the collision in uh, Seattle, and then the very next night we had had WrestleDream. But yeah, you got to... To sit at home. How crazy is that? It was wild. It's also nice because like everyone I talked to was like, oh my God, Seattle's beautiful. This is great. I love it here. I'm like, yeah, why do you think I put up with cross-country flights every week? Like this place is wonderful. <laughs> it is. It, it was colder than I anticipated it being because like fall seemed to hit Seattle like quick. I noticed. Oh, real fast. Like, and it started like the week before you guys showed up. It was like, oh, fall's here. <laughs> yeah. I, I, like I had left 83 degree weather. And so... Uh, like a dummy, I was wearing shorts on my flight, and then I get off the flight and I step off, and I'm like, "Oh, it oh, is, silly. it is fall here." Yes, but otherwise, yeah, Seattle's great. Seattle's beautiful. I, I that was my first time ever in Seattle. Really? Uh huh. I was scheduled to go to Seattle one other time, and it's so funny because he dropped it in a promo uh, last week. But I had one other time I was scheduled to go to Seattle, which was for. The wedding of uh, somebody that most people know I'm related to. I was supposed to go to that wedding, too. <laughs> yeah, and then that wedding didn't happen. And so <laughs> that that was the only other time. I almost thought about going that day. And just I'm like, look, the flight schedule. I'll just do something in Seattle. I was like, ah, screw it. I'll do something else with that flight. Kind of weird. It's like I ended a up never going. type thing then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was shocked that was dropped in a promo, by the way. And it was great. So uh, those who have been watching know what we're talking about. Otherwise, it's just going to go right over your heads. So this is one of those. Yeah. This is why you have to follow the product if you listen to the podcast. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Wrestle Dream. Wrestle Dream occurred at Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle. Uh, it was on October 1st. It was quite a night. That's Monumental happenings. <laughs> There's so much happened on that show. And to think about where it started and where it ended and how we walked away and just the feeling by the end of the night. What an incredible night. I am so glad we got to do Wrestle Dream. We're broken records because we keep saying, how is every pay-per-view better than the last one? But like legitimately, 
And All Out in Chicago was so good, especially coming off of All In. I don't. I think we, there was like expectations were sort of low. I mean, not for us because we know what we're capable of, but it was just All Out was so good. And then I heard Russell Dream was happening and I'm like, oh, can we do it again? And it's like, of course, of course we did it again. Every match hit and every match was different and it was just so good. It was so good. You know, what got me was that I, I, I got excited about the idea when I first heard about Wrestle Dream of a Seattle pay-per-view, mainly because when I thought about Dynamite was in Seattle back on January 4th, right? And yes. there were so many guys missing from that particular show. It was January 4th. And of course, that was the same day as Wrestle Kingdom in Japan. And so there were a number of guys who were over there. But at the same time, it represented how much of a <laughs> Pacific Northwest presence AEW had because with all of those guys missing from that show, didn't matter. You had Brian to hold the fort down. You had Darby Allen to hold the fort down. You had Swerve Strickland to hold the fort down. Like you still had a show that you could focus around. And of course, the one and only Aubrey Edwards. Like when you think about how how many names from the Pacific Northwest AEW had at that time period, it was like, oh, it's going to be fine. And so when a pay-per-view comes along that is going to be held in Seattle, the immediate thought for me was, this is now a true time to celebrate those talents because now we we are in their hometown for pay-per-view. So everybody who represents the Pacific Northwest, specifically the Seattle area, is going to have a major match. Brian talked about himself that he's never had a major match in Seattle. You know, Swerve, he got to wrestle AR Fox, but at the same time, like to have that kind of marquee could be a potential main event match. And then on top of that, Darby Allen was oh very God. familiar with having won the TNT title in Seattle. And it was like, and he's had that moment before, but to get to do it again, and this time in a main event with the debut of a certain, certain motion picture associated re- related superstar <laughs> of sorts making his debut, like all of it just all came together. And I was really excited for it. And I think everybody over delivered in ways that you would not have expected. I'd agree with that. But we're just talking about it as a Seattle show. Mm-hmm. Wrestle Dream was also a tribute to Antonio Noki. Correct. Uh, we talked about how Tony Khan pretty much mentioned how he had this date circled a year ago. It was the date of Inoki's passing on October 1st. He, he circled the date and he knew a year from now we we're going to do something. He wasn't sure exactly what it was going to be, but as time went on, it developed into what Wrestle Dream ended up becoming. I thought it was so cool to have the family there to do that opening ceremony and Tony to receive Anoki's towel. Like uh, being in there with Tony and and seeing how much that meant to him, I thought was was really awesome to witness. Again, just knowing the type of show that Tony knew he wanted to put on and knowing that everybody stepped up to make that happen was, again, just representative of what AEW does on pay-per-view, what we are able to do every single time we tell fans that, you know, we're, we're doing a major show. There's now this level of expectation of us, and I think we deliver every single time. Dude, full gear is going to be wild. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Full gear. In, in LA, at that, like, I, I crack up just thinking about how 
all through 2021 and 2020, although those were mostly pandemic shows. But there was always these questions from fans. You know, every time the media scrums would happen, there was always a question of when's AEW coming to the West Coast? When is an AEW pay-per-view going to hit the West Coast? And now the Pacific time zone has had just in 2023, there was Revolution. Yes. It was Double or Nothing. And then we had Wrestle Dream. And now we've got Full Gear coming up. Just thinking about how... The majority of them have now been in the Pacific time zone where like two years ago, that was a fantasy ask. It was, could it happen? And now it's happening. I I like it because there's always that question online of like, when is this going to happen? When is this going to happen? Just hold your horses, guys. This is clearly going to happen. Just like, let it be. Once it happens, we'll all be very excited because we've been building towards it. It's yeah. No, I'm I mean, I I, I I appreciate short flights. I'm not going to lie. I I missed the question from the scrums of when is AEW coming to the UK? And every month it was a new one and now it's happened and it's when are we coming to Canada? Show of all time. Like now we're there all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know, right? But yeah, we have to talk about the debut. Oh my god. Of the rated R superstar Adam Copeland. Still getting used to saying that. Yeah. But wow. There's so much about that moment that was such a big deal. I mean We were just talking about this on Wednesday. You know, you talk about the Monday Night War, right? And how wrestlers jumping between companies. Like, if you grew up in that era, this is very familiar territory. Like, it it happened all the time. Yes. It it wasn't even a question of if it was going to happen. It was just a matter of who and when. I love having that feeling back. But the one thing that never happened back then, never. I can't think of a time that it did because it was almost impossible to pull off. But music never came with people. That was a, a that was completely unfamiliar territory. That was like, okay, you knew that if somebody was going to another company, their sound didn't come with them. You almost had to adjust to a new one. Yeah. And for Adam Copeland to debut in AEW and hearing Metal Lingus with it, a song that he is synonymous with, a song that he's had since November of 2004, that song debuted... During a match between Christian Cage and Hurricane Helms, they were having a one-on-one match and then Adam Copeland interrupts the match and that was the debut of that song. And so thinking about a full circle moment and how he got to come out after a Christian Cage match with his music in tow, his pyro, everything. Uh, Of course, Adam confirmed himself that the, the opening voice that you think you know him was recorded by his wife, Beth, which I thought was a really cool a really cool way to incorporate her into everything. To see the crowd go now. I went out into the crowd. I, I couldn't help myself. I was like, I, I have to witness Well, you this. knew it was happening. Yes, of course. But uh, well, only because I had just, I had seen him right before backstage. And so I thought, okay, I got to be out here for this. I got to go out there. I have to sit and experience what the fans are experiencing. And I, I found a seat. I found a seat in the crowd. I watched it. Just as if it were six months ago and I were and I was just buying a ticket. Mm-hmm. I wanted to feel it that way. I wanted to feel what everybody else was feeling. I, I'm still all smiles because I still can't believe that took place. So it's one of those like like worst kept secrets in wrestling, right? Like everyone knows, but like nobody actually knows. Everyone's just sort of hoping beyond all hope that it's going to happen. And there's all these little clues that kind of make you go, well, maybe it's gonna happen. As soon as Christian Cage and Darby Allen was announced as the main event. I'm like, well, maybe, maybe this can happen. And then there's like, I saw you that morning and you're like, it's a new era. And I'm like, well, maybe it's going to happen. 
And then they. Oh, yeah. And I remember what I said to you. (laughs) And and I don't even know if you caught it, but you were like, maybe it's going to happen. And I said to you, you think you know it. And I Ah, I didn't even catch that, you asshole. (laughs) (laughs) That was exactly what I said to you. Because, okay, I'm not going to lie to anybody. Like, it's one of those things where I work in a creative role. Like, obviously, I am in the know about a a lot of things and a lot of surprises, things along those lines. And so it it was one of those things that I was almost really proud that looking at, like, looking online. Like, obviously, when we say worst kept secrets, it was one of those things where, like, everybody was speculating. Everybody's looking for clues. Everybody's looking for signs. I love all that stuff. But zero confirmation. Not a single new site anybody was able to confirm it everybody was just speculating everybody had reporters had asked around and uh they were getting little things like oh we might think it's happening you know they were they were asking his former employer you know where do you think he's going and that there were things like that but nobody was truly onto it i just sat back going that's what i love where everybody is still just in speculation mode but nobody truly knows and then when his music hit like that's that moment because those are my favorite types of surprises where everybody thinks they know but nobody nobody actually knows and it's just a sense of hope and then that almost like hope validation pop where okay you've been hoping all this time but you've gotten no confirmation and then all of a sudden the music hit and everybody is like oh my god this is it this is that thing that we we knew it was going to be but now we have been assured that our speculation has been confirmed. And yeah, he he comes out to massive pop, massive reaction. But where is he aligned? We don't know. But seeing him with Christian Cage, somebody who he has been synonymous with the vast majority of his career. The thing I love about it is that when Christian Cage signed, and I've, I've made this no secret, Christian Cage, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I've always been a big supporter of Christian when he signed with AEW, one of the reasons he said he signed with AEW was for his legacy, because I think he knows deep down that he is one of those names and that he belongs in the conversation with those names. AEW has allowed him to be celebrated as one of those names. So to see him at this stage of his career, main eventing his second AEW pay-per-view with title on his shoulder having just had Nick Wayne double-cross Darby Allen, which is something we have to talk about in itself. But he's just defeated Darby Allen in a brutal, brutal match. Again, this is Christian, I think, Christian Cage at, at his height, as somebody who is seeing moments in his career that he probably never thought he would see. I mean, just eight years ago, this is a man who thought he was going to be retired. Seeing himself at this level, performing at this level, finding himself at this level again, and then to be where he is, and for Adam Copeland to then come in and see these two together, and it's like, we know Adam Copeland's a legendary figure in wrestling. He, we know mm-hmm. all the things he's accomplished, all the championships he's won, 11-time world champion, we know all that about him. But for him to be now face-to-face with Christian Cage at this stage to see them both as top tier stars in pro wrestling. That in itself was already a surreal moment. And then he takes the chair, a move they invented together, the concerto. That was the two of them. That was their move for him to take the chair, not hit Sting, instead hit Nick Wayne, hit uh, Luchasaurus, spear them both and stand tall at the end of the night. It was such a great moment. It was and seeing those Seattle fans going nuts for it, it was beautiful. How did you feel? 
I was in talent viewing when all of this was happening because I was finally done refing and I'm just sort of like enjoying the rest of the show at this point and, you know, hoping that Darby's not going to die with the amount of like bumps he took. Like, first off, that stair bump where he got thrown. Oh, oh how is he not dead? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't actually understand. Darby's like, his bones are like made of jello or something. Like, oh. Okay. Yeah. I, I, and to, to find out afterward, talking to him afterward and he's like i i think i'll be fine and i thought you think so really you this think? is how this is gonna okay you think? okay that's ah, fine he's just gonna be skateboarding the next day again like whatever so this match is crazy we're we're in talent viewing and then everything kind of starts to unfold and at one point you have nick wayne sting christian cage adam copeland all in the ring together and swerve just looks at me and goes what the hell is happening in 2023? I'm like, I don't know anymore. Like, this is insane. Like, Nick Wayne just turned in front of his hometown crowd. Like, this is where he has started to build his legitimacy as a wrestler for for as someone who's going to be a huge star someday because he's he's literally 18 years old, right? So this crowd loves him. And I, I see him, like, you see him standing there and Darby's telling him, hit Christian with the belt. There's just so few moments where I've literally sat and watched something and gone, I can't believe that happened and just immediately turned from like love to hatred. Yeah. I love this kid. He's great. I, I reffed his like first match when he was like 15. And now I'm just like, I hate him with my soul. He is terrible. He has turned on his one, one of his best friends in front of his mother. What a jerk. Like, there's very few things in wrestling that are just like, oh, this is terrible. Of course he's aligned with Christian. Like, he's he's a huge asshole now. I also want to point out one of my favorite moments. It was in the the media, the, the post-show scrum, where Christian Cage comes out and he's asked the question, what do you think of Nick Wayne's wrestling? And just without missing a beat, he goes, I've never seen him wrestle. <laughs> and I laughed so hard. But at the same time, this is like 100% believable. Like Christian Cage doesn't care about him as a wrestler. He just cares about him as like a young fatherless boy. <laughs> the, the thing I loved about that moment that cracked me up more than anything is, yes, you have. You did commentary on one of his matches just three weeks ago. <laughs> oh my God. It was just so great. Like it, it kind of goes back to the point you were saying, like Christian Cage is doing some of the best work that he's ever done in mm -hmm. his career. And we are so lucky as fans to see this happening. Yeah. For someone who we thought his career was over and to see this resurgence of how great he is and to have that moment that happened on the dynamite after where you see him and you see Adam Copeland together in the ring for Christian Cage to have said what he did. And all of us are just like, oh, oh, yeah, no, he's like, take the fine. Take the fine. That's so good. That's oh, oh when he said that, that was such a great moment to go off the air on because <sighs> yeah, you've seen the. Can you feel my heart memes? The have you seen those? The the memes of uh Adam Copeland and, and Christian. It's always the Virgin versus the Chad memes, and it's always like you always have Adam Copeland on one side. And those memes have been going on since well before both of them were in AEW. Yes. And for it to now make its way into AEW, oh. I want people to know I'm very aware of these memes. On one side of it, you have Adam Copeland giving just this impassioned speech. Then you go into Christian Cage's response, and it's literally just, go F yourself. Oh, my God. So great. And it's just representative of how great Christian Cage has been this year, particularly. And the thing is, it's not like his personality has been so intriguing, so engaging. It makes you so mad. But at the same time, you're like, 
God, I love this guy. I'm so mad, but every time he's on my screen, I'm just enthralled. Yes. I want to listen to every word he says because everything he's doing is so good. But then match by match, he's also delivering as well. Yes. And that's the part that he backs almost it up. makes you want to hate him more because he turns around and he does back it up. He's so good at what he does. So absolutely good. I I, I feel like we, we have to take a breath. We have to step back just... <sighs> And then, well, there's so much more to talk about here on AEW Unrestricted. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. AEW Unrestricted, Will Aubrey, talking about Wrestle Dream and just how much of an actual dream this pay-per-view was. It was just, I, I felt like I was asleep and watching all of this amazing stuff. And then the next morning I woke up and went, oh, this was fantastic. I love that we as wrestling fans got to witness something like Wrestle Dream in the moment that it happened. And then, of course, I'm just so happy I got to drive home and sleep in my own bed. I'm a broken <laughs> record with that, but oh my God. Oh, no, dude. honestly though, I do have to tell you, and I've said this to you in person, but to let the audience know, that's not all it's cracked up to be. I'll <laughs> say that in the sense that, you know, we had a show in Denver just recently, right after the show, Tony and I recorded AEW Unrestricted. Thank you. Uh, I was a little edition. under the weather. I appreciate you yes, guys you handling were. that. It was, it was the first edition of Unrestricted you missed. Correct. It's crazy. So yeah, Tony and I recorded that episode in Denver right after to, to preview Wrestle Dream. One of the benefits, I think, of being on the road, especially considering where we tend to stay, is that right after a taping, I can just go to a hotel and lay my head down. Go to sleep. Yeah, go straight to sleep. But <laughs> in that particular moment in Denver, and it was a really exhausting day, I look up and I go, oh, I still have to drive home. One, you had so, to go to the hotel and drop off my recording equipment, which I, did. I very I much appreciate. Do. And I was in a that, that, dead sleep when you called me. It was like, I'm here. And I'm like, okay, let me go downstairs. Fuck. <laughs> uh, and that was the moment, too, where I was like, man, it would be so great if I could just push that elevator button and just walk right upstairs, too. <sighs> and instead, I still got to drive. Yep. That was the moment where I realized I'm not taking this for granted. Like, uh, having those hotels and just being able to go straight to sleep and leave in the morning. I appreciate it. I appreciate having that. We are very spoiled as AEW employees because they yes. put us in nice hotels. We've got clean beds. We can just rest. Uh, all of our flights are taken care of. It's just, it's something that I very, very much like. And I think Wrestle Dream I liked so much because I live so close to the arena. Mm -hmm. It was just, oh man, so good. Oh, and I so love great. that arena. That arena is, I've, I've seen so much wrestling in that arena. This kind of segues into the match that I wanted to talk about most, which was Brian Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr., 
which is advertised as a dream match. And that's a lot to hold up to where you're just like, is this actually going to be as good as it is? And I think all of us knew like this is going to be incredible because you've got the two guys that are the best technical wrestlers in the world. And then, as you said in the last segment, Brian Danielson has not really had a substantial match in Seattle. A lot of his stuff has all been enhancement matches. It's been quick. He beat Tony Neeson four minutes back in January. So it's like he hasn't had that moment in that hometown arena. And this was one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. So I, I have to ask you. Yes. Having seen all of that, you know, you you were famously even in the crowd for a big Brian Danielson moment for Brian Danielson's uh, retirement moment that happened in this arena. Uh, so you've seen a lot of Brian Danielson moments and, you, you know, talking about how Brian Danielson never got to have that major match. And not only did you get to see this one, but you got to see this one as close as anybody could possibly see a professional wrestling match occur yeah because like i had their sweat on me at one point <laughs> like <laughs> you can't get closer you were in the ring yes with the two of them so when that match got announced i remember seeing it on twitter and near like i think the noise i made was like, like <laughs> i texted two people i texted you uh -huh. and, I, and i text paul turner paul is very good about giving ref assignments to people where it's like you're going to do this. You, you get this cool one. You get this one, blah, blah, blah. And like, I don't often ask for matches, but like Paul knows that Brian Danielson is my favorite wrestler ever. And as part of the reason why I was crying so hard at his retirement is like I was in forget. There's this amazing restaurant across the street from Climate Pledge where like we pregame called Plaza Garibaldi. I'm giving him a shout out because they're so good. And I had ordered like a 32 ounce margarita that day. So I might not have been like, you know, in, in the best mental state. But then I read that tweet saying he's retiring. I'm like, oh, God, this is going to be a terrible episode of wrestling. <laughs> so I was like primed and ready to go. Like well, as soon as he's doing this like retirement speech, right? So I tell Paul, I was like, hey, dude, unless something comes up, I don't, unless they request someone else or whatever, like, please, please, for the love of God, can I do this match? And it ended up being back to back with the Jericho match as well. So I was in the ring for like 50 minutes straight. I was, I was dying. Like, yeah, I was going to say that was the only thing I, I had concerns about was as the match order is getting put together and I knew how much that match meant to you, but I also knew that you were going to ref. If it's a Chris Jericho match, you're going to ref it, right? And Most so likely. when I saw these two matches back to back, I thought, oh no. Yeah. Oh no, is she gonna lose her moment? Like is is Nope. Yeah, and then you did for days, instead, brother. <laughs> <laughs> instead, you ref for almost an hour. Yes. So on top of that, when I was training as a referee, we we had this guy on the Indies, Daniel Macabe. He's he's a great technical wrestler. And he was working with our home promotion. And we always kind of had like that moment of when you were ready to work a Daniel Maccabe match, like you were ready to do a lot of stuff because a technical match is extremely hard to do because there's so many quick reversals and there's so much mat movement and you sort of just have to be even more on top of things than you normally have to be in like a standard singles match type of a thing. So it is an actual physical test of a referee and their ability to be able to work a high level technical wrestling match. So not only for me being like, Brian is one of my favorite wrestlers ever. Brian is having a match in the building where he retired. The fact that I live here, but also that I, I feel as, as a referee, like I was able to do very good work in that match. Like I always have like a new favorite match 
But I think this one's going to be very, very hard to top just because it was so absolutely good. Like, how often do you see an entire arena standing for a match? Like, I think all of us just appreciated the excellence of wrestling that occurred in that moment. Absolutely. Like, we were sitting in the office watching that match. Just all of us were just in awe. Like, by the end of it, uh, I remember looking at Jimmy Jacobs, and Jimmy is just like, that just in a league of their own like this it, uh, you know we, we keep talking about brian but zach saber jr oh my god deserves all the praise in the world um for not just his performance in this match but just who he is as a wrestler who he's become as a wrestler you know when you look at this was the third time that these two have faced off right and when you look at like much younger zach saber jr and you see skinny little boy skinny little guy <laughs> and like looking at what he looks like today and uh, how much of his physique he's figured out, but just how much of his look in general he's figured out, how much more intensity he brings. And he was good back then, but he is great now. When you talk about Wrestle Dream, again, this was a dream match, not just for who these two are, are as performers, but how much these two have grown as performers. Mm-hmm. When you think about when this match occurred 14 years ago and who they were back then and how much better both guys are today. And it's crazy to call Brian Danielson better than he was then, considering Brian Danielson has been He's through injuries in retirement. <laughs> and, and but just thinking about like, I think 2023 we're going to look back at as one of Brian's best years, if not his best year. When you think about the stuff he's been able to do this year, guys like Roosh, right? Guys like, I mean, the MJF match, like all of the stuff he's been able to do in 2023. Ricky Starks twice, by the way. Yes, where he is today. Like, I think this will go down as one of Brian Danielson's best years as a performer. And to be able to have one of your best years as a performer after you've been retired, yes. after you've returned from injury, that is insane to me. That, like, I'm with you, right? Brian Danielson is my favorite wrestler He's so good. Ever. He's so good. I literally am staring at a poster of Brian Danielson right above my monitor. It is I right there. It. I stare at it. I have the quote right next to it that says, fight for your dreams and your dreams will fight for you. <sighs> that is a quote that I... Beautiful. <laughs> that is a quote that I, I live by, right? I told Brian that. First day I started in AEW, I thought, wow, I am here. That quote kept playing through my head of, I did fight for this. Yep. Didn't I? And yep, you did. So it, it, it's like Brian's the greatest. And I am so happy that you got to do that match because it was the first major match announced for the card. Yes, it was. And it was the biggest like no brainer. Like the moment that match was announced, everybody went, of course it is. Of course, this is the match we're getting. It was supposed to happen at Forbidden Door a year ago. We weren't able to get it then. We've got it now. And we should because this is the perfect match to encapsulate what Wrestle Dream is supposed to represent. It is literally a dream match. You can't have Wrestle Dream without a dream match that you've been dreaming about for having for years. Yes. I think one of my favorite moments is after that match, Bryce Remsburg comes up and hugs me and he's just like, I'm so happy that you got to experience that. And I am so happy that those two guys just did that because it like we just all witnessed greatness in that moment. Yes. We've talked about it before on this podcast that there's just these moments in wrestling that you can't recreate because all of us just sort of felt it in that moment. Because I I went back and I watched it and it's a great match, but nothing will match what it felt like in that moment to be in that arena and to experience something that will legitimately go down as like the, the pinnacle of a technical match. Agreed. On the other side of that, though, a match that a lot of people were talking about 
And it was the first of the night. Everything was good on this show. I would put every match on this card up against anything else, and I would still feel like they delivered. Uh, but I feel like the first match on the card that had everybody going, ooh, that's going to be a hard one to top, was Swerve and Hangman. Yes. These two, again, I thought they delivered a classic. And, you know, we talked about Zack Sabre Jr. and Brian Danielson as being two opponents very familiar with each other. It had been years, but they were very familiar with each other. Swerve Strickland and Hangman Adam Page had never, never ever touched Never worked together. This was the first time that these two ever came in physical contact because they had, other than jabbing his hand with a pin, up until that moment, these two had not physically connected with each other. It was all verbal. There was a piece of me that was almost worried about that, thinking there have been times in wrestling history where there are two great in-ring talents that, for whatever reason, the chemistry just doesn't hit. Yeah. Just doesn't click. And it, it, there was a piece of me in my mind thinking, oh, what if this is that? Because we don't know. They haven't even, there wasn't like a house show loop where they could have gotten acquainted with each other. There wasn't tag team matches they were doing where they could get acquainted with each other. This was literally the first ever time that these guys got to be in a ring with each other. And they knocked it out of the park. Oh my God. And a lot of it was the crowd dynamic. We knew going into this what the crowd was going to do, but. You, you never truly know till the day of. We had a hunch the night before because the night before was Swerve's birthday. Mm-hmm. And he goes out in the arena right before Collision and has a little fun with the crowd. And when he mentions to that crowd, he, he comes out, for those who, have ne- who haven't seen it, he pretty much had to either be in the arena or see somebody's internet video for it. But, you know, Tony Khan brings him out because it's his birthday. Yep. And they're all chanting Swerve's house. Everybody's doing the dance. Everybody's cheering. When he says, because his hand's all taped up, he says, celebrating his birthday today. You know, of course, he's he's nursing his hand injury. And the crowd just starts booing. Uh, at that moment, I went, oh, that's what the hangman's in for. Now we know what he's about to be in for for the night. And the next night, sure enough, this was a very pro-swerve crowd, an anti-hangman Adam Page crowd. And I thought both guys handled that so well. It was almost like Swerve was weaponizing the crowd against Hangman. But at the same time, Hangman came off to me as resilient. He came off as valiant in that sense. Like, I'm in the lion's den right now. This is the 12th man out there. I know that. He came off like somebody who was on a road game. That happens sometimes. You know, you're used to being the favorite. You're used to being cheered. Used to hearing cowboy shit everywhere you go. But this time, this crowd was chanting, F you cowboy. Like, they were not here for Hangman Adam Page. It was an interesting dynamic to watch him fight against it. Like, it wasn't just him against Swerve. It was him against Swerve and his fans. One of my favorite moments of that match was before the match even started. Swerve's making his entrance. Nana's doing his dance. But there's a moment where the camera had zoomed in on his face, and he is just this stoic, confident, like, focused guy. Like, he's going to go to the ring, and he's going to beat up Hangman. In, in, in his home arena. I just had this moment of reflection seeing who Swerve Strickland has become as a wrestler. Because I worked with him a lot on the indies and, you know, he's he's been other places and whatnot. And then to see everything he's done since he got to AEW. Like, he's one of those guys that when you see him advertised as a manager, like, oh, this is going to be good. Like, there's no question in your mind. Because that is something that he has earned. 
and he has he has worked for to see the excellent performer that he has become and to see him have that moment where even though he is he is the heel in this case but he is being revered by his people i was just wow i was i was in utter awe of everything he's done just in that moment watching just the confidence and the certainty on his face that like he's got this it was so good. I think it's taken a little bit of time to get him to even appreciate this because as somebody who, who's, who's obviously known him some time, my favorite thing about him as a performer is that you can tell him he's had an excellent performance, right? And you could tell him how great something was. And this is wrestlers in general. Wrestlers are all almost or always their own worst critic, right? Mm-hmm. It's like uh, you go and tell them, hey, that was a great match. And they'll go, well, like, yeah, but. but. Uh, and it's like, no, 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 no. Same Look, thing as with a promos. Viewer, that was a great promo. Yeah, but I messed up this or this could have hit better. And I'm just like, what? Like, none of us knew that. Like nobody knew that and all of that. And I told him after the moment, uh, after that night, I was like, that was to this point your career moment. Yep. Like. I know it's kind of hard to see it right now because you're in that like reflect mode of, oh, I could have done this better. I could have done that better. I could have done this. And you maybe look back at it and see it. But I was like, but just viewing it from this perspective right now, that was a huge win because like thinking about who Hangman Adam Page is. Hangman Adam Page is somebody who, as it was said in all of the buildup, he was a guy who has had a lot of this company on his back. He was main event of All Out. He won the Casino Battle Royale in uh, 2019 before Double or, I mean, before the first Double or Nothing. Like literally, he was the first challenger, first established challenger for the AEW World Championship. He's you been knew. built as a face of AEW. Yes, and former world champion. You know, one of the biggest world title wins AEW's ever had. While through some nefarious means <laughs> to have a victory over that man in your hometown, like that, to me, I thought. It may get bigger than that in AEW. Obviously, this is everybody's career is constantly moving. But up to this point, I don't think it has gotten bigger than that. And that's why this moment, I think, should be looked at as a special moment for Swerve Strickland. It's one of those, when we go back and look at his career, this will be a pivotal moment that we will refer to. Yes. It's always fun when you're doing that in wrestling and you're like, oh, we, we just know that this is a point that will be talked about. And that we are getting to experience all of this in real time. So it's it's pretty dope. Uh, we've we've only talked about like three matches on this show. <laughs> yeah, and we got a whole lot more. We've got way more matches to talk about right here at AEW Unrestricted. AEW Unrestricted, Aubrey Edwards, Will Washington. We're talking about Wrestle Dream, phenomenal card, phenomenal time in Seattle, and some of the awesome matches we got to see and some of the awesome crowd reactions. And one of those matches that had people talking, going into it, and then coming out of it, I think people were even more pleased than they thought they were going to be, was the TBS championship match. I'm, we saw I'm Chris so Statlander. glad this is the one that you're talking about because I was like, yes! <laughs> Chris Statlander defending the title against Julia Hart. Julia Hart had been developing so much conversation going into this match. You know, of course, we talked about uh, on the show a couple weeks ago, how she had had this winning streak developing. And I say developing, if she had, going into this match, she had won 27 straight matches. I guess a little bit of inside baseball as far as the creative side of things was concerned. We we always knew that this was where she was heading, that it was going to be a match with Chris Statlander, that she was heading into, you could see it in, in a lot of the buildup. You could see 
during Chris Statlander title defenses. She had the title defense against Britt Baker. And you could see Julia Hart was was observing the match. You, we knew this is where she was heading. But it was one of those things where we looked back in the statistics and looking back at her win-loss record, when we saw that her last loss was to Chris Statlander, oh my God. this became more poetic than we ever thought it was going to be. And it was a very different Julia Hart. Actually, it was a very different Chris Statlander and Julia Hart, right? Correct. Like, Chris Statlander was just starting her metamorphosis at that point. She was really starting to get out of the alien character, and we were really starting to see more of the- Her more than a woman the, style. Yeah, the more than a woman of who Chris Statlander is today. She was really starting to get into that role. And Julia Hart was, of course, wearing the eye patch at the time. She was about a month away from joining the House of Black. Uh, so th- this was still like Varsity Blonde's Julia Hart. For them to be the performers they are now, we're talking about Chris Statlander, uh, the TBS champion, and she is on an incredible run, right? She just had an incredible match with Jade a few weeks ago. She had a great match a night later with Britt Baker, and this is somebody who, in a way, trying to prove herself as the dominant woman in that uh, women's division. But at the same time, you've got young Julia Hart. Again, she's been in the House of Black a little over a year now. She's just been amassing these wins. But with each one, she's proving more and more and more who she is as a performer. When she hit that moonsault on Willow Nightingale in Denver, that was the moment I think fans all looked up and went, oh, okay, this is not who we thought Julia Hart was. For her to then go in there and have that match with Chris Statlander. Again, I think... Julia's entire presentation was already encapsulating fans. People were loving the music, the entrance, the look, her charisma, just everything that she's been able to display. And then to then for fans to also feel like, oh, and she has it in the ring. She is going to be unstoppable just thinking about how young she is right now and how much more of a career Julia Hart still has in front of her for the two of them to get to do this together. Magnificent. So one of the things I mentioned was just like watching the growth of Swerve, right? And I feel like that's one of the things that's been the most enjoyable about Julia Hart is just seeing her growth as a performer and her growth as a wrestler. To see where she's come from, a lot of the things that you had touched on, like to see from the cheerleader persona going into this persona, like she is one of the coolest entrances in all of wrestling right now. Absolutely. It's just so unique and so awesome. And she... You can tell she fully understands and embraced who she is as a character. She's just so excellent in that regard. Yes. And there was uh, there was a promo package that was done to sort of help hype the, this match where she's laying in the field and there's all those masks. It was just so beautiful. Even outside of the ring, she has just, it's clicked. She's got it. I think it's one of the things that makes her so enthralling as a character is to just know that she has fully committed to this and that every time she's in the ring, she's just doing excellent work and she's only getting better. And as fans, we get this moment of being invested because she is one of ours. She's an AEW original. We've seen her grow. She's still growing. She's like freaking 20 years old. Oh, yeah. That that part blows my mind, right? Right? She said something to me that made me age very quickly uh, i think i think she said it in like three grays just like sprouted out of my beard right but you know to me in my head because we're a four-year-old company aew is still a fairly recent phenomenon in my head it's a fairly new thing 
when she said she was still in high school when Dynamite started. It blows your mind, right? That she's that, that, that good was that early. Yes. She's she's just so good. And I mean, I mean, I'm praising Julia, but Chris Statlander for how much time she has been, because she joined AEW very early on, but she's been out on injury multiple times. Mm -hmm. So we have not gotten to see as much of Chris Statlander, I think, as we have wanted to. But the times that we have have all been so excellent. To see that despite having two separate knee injuries, she is one of the best women on our roster. She's one of the best wrestlers on our roster. Absolutely. She's so great. And on top of that, she's such a kind, wonderful person. So I love seeing when people who are that great and that hardworking and that wonderful, seeing them have the success, I just feel so happy for all of them. Like for, for Julia, for Chris, for both of them, to see them have this match and to see the fans respond the way they did, it was awesome. I was so, so happy for both of them and just so, I, ah, it just filled my heart with joy. Yeah, same. Uh, again, watching this one in the office and, and just coming away from it going, people are going to be talking about Julia Hart for many, many years to come. This is just the beginning for her. Oh, yeah. I am excited about what the future holds for Julia Hart. Just even in losing this match, I think she still wins just thinking about the way the crowd was reacting, the way people were talking, the way they got the this is awesome chant. People know that she has more to offer as a performer than anybody would have ever suspected. This is just the beginning for her. And then for Chris Statlander, again, just to have another notch in an incredible TBS championship reign. It's wrestling is the greatest thing. You can't tell me otherwise. It's so good. Uh, absolutely. It, uh, it's so great. <sighs> and then... On another amazing side of things, we did see Eddie Kingston oh defend both <laughs> the Ring of Honor World Championship and the New Japan Strong Openweight Championship against the ROH Pure Champ, Katsuyori Shibata. And just thinking about, again, you talked even a year and a half ago about the possibility of Shibata stepping in a ring again. That sounds insane. That right? doesn't even sound like... Something that's possible that sounds like fantasy booking that sounds like, oh, okay, if he's going to return to the ring, it's going to be light work, right? No. no, no, quite the opposite. No, he, he is quite back in full form. He is as Shibata as Shibata could be, knowing who Eddie Kingston is and knowing the type of wrestler Eddie Kingston not only is, but aspires to be. This was the perfect matchup for both guys. And again, I just thought they delivered. I very much appreciate everything that Eddie Kingston represents, that he's this scrappy, hardworking, has had all this shit thrown at him over the years, but he's finally getting these opportunities to shine, to see him win the ROH title at Grand Slam against Claudio, someone who he's hated for years, and he finally won the big one. Yeah. To see him carry that into Seattle and have this match with Shibata where, and Eddie's one of those guys that appreciates wrestling, all of the history that wrestling has, and not just, you know, wrestling in America, but Eddie appreciates Japanese wrestling more than, more than I think most people. And so he, he knows the gravity of what facing someone like Shibata means. It was hard hitting and it was wonderful. And I just feel so happy that both of those guys got that match. I also feel great that we had Taito from uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling who got to referee that match. 
Yeah. He's a great guy. And he's he's he comes along with a lot of the like whenever the new Japan wrestlers come into town, he's there to help translate and such. And it's just really great because every time he's around, I was like, oh, I love Taito. He's he's amazing. So to give him that opportunity, too, that he got to rough this match in front of this crazy crowd. I was just so happy. <laughs> the, again, just for everybody to get those moments in Seattle. It's just incredible what AEW continues to do on pay-per-view. The streak that we've been on since Forbidden Door, I think, is something to be lauded, especially when you think about how we still got full gear coming up. Oh and my God. this year, <sighs> I, I have been so pleased with what we've been able to accomplish this year. And speaking of, I guess, full gear and the future, the Young Bucks mm. won a four-way against the Guns, the Lucha Bros., and the only other team in the match, or the only team in the match that weren't brothers, uh, which was Orange Cassidy and Hook. And but I feel like they were like brother brothers. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, they had chemistry like they would have been. And to see these teams deliver the way that they did, and to see that these teams were able to again, every single one of these teams has has a desire to become world champions, but the Young Bucks specifically. They have a bit of a chip on their shoulder in front of the biggest audience that AEW has ever had. One of the biggest audiences in the history of professional wrestling. At a match that was to determine what was said at the time, the greatest tag team of all time. And to lose that match at all in a show that is the follow-up to a show that you guys created. That they created. There's a chip on their shoulder for that. And... To win this match, to get a future opportunity at the AEW World Tag Team titles, to know that now they're a little bit in the driver's seat a bit because they can determine when that's going to be, when they get their shot at at FTR and those World Tag Team titles, which FTR, by the way, also successfully defended on this show against Aussie Open. Yes. But to talk about now that this match is a future possibility and where this match can take place, when this match can take place, and and thinking about how we've got a couple of opportunities, right? We've got a dynamite that's happening in the Young Bucks' backyard. We've got uh, right in Ontario, California. And then we've got full gear coming up at the Forum in Los Angeles, a venue that obviously the Bucks are very, very familiar with. And there's so much that can happen there. And just thinking about how we could be potentially seeing again the Young Bucks and FTR head-to-head and the problem is, it doesn't settle any scores. Like, no. If, if the Young Bucks win in this case, the Young Bucks go on to tie their series. Yep. And it goes two and two. Or FTR just continues to remind people that they are the best tag team in the world. And we're moving into a really fun period this fall. And it, it started with this match here. What did you think of the Bucks winning that four-way I mean, I'm just excited because I could watch the Bucks and FTR forever. It's one of those things where I'm just like, give it to me forever and ever, always. I mean, this this whole match was great. Every single person in this match was awesome. I also did not realize until like after the fact that it clicked, like why the the silliness of Orange and Hook mm-hmm. being paired together, like it's literally Orange and Hook and the association with Taz. And I'm just like, oh my God, this is hilarious. How did this not... <laughs> Dawn on me, this is the greatest actual pairing ever. <laughs> I also feel like yeah. Orange is a little bit of a chip on his shoulders because he had the amazing run of international champion that he did. 
And he's now kind of looking for that spotlight again because he had it for so how many title defenses did he have? 30 something. I, I can't get the exact number. Oh, but it was, oh, you don't know the exact number. I think I finally stumped Will Washington. I, know, I, I mean, I know it was in the. Why did you have to get me on the. Ha, I got you. What was it 37, 37 title defenses? I think it was. But yeah. either way, I, I could watch the Bucks and FTR, but also at the same time, like the Bucks and the Lucha Bros have so much history together. And they've had some of the greatest matches. Like their their match from what was it all out? The cage match was just so absolutely incredible. And and to see the guns, even even though they're kind of like jerks right now, and you know hanging out with the Bang Bang Gang, like their growth as both individual wrestlers and as a team and as brothers has been so so good. So th- this match hit, hit on multiple levels. Just he had thirty one successful title offenses. So I think you looked it up. <laughs> I did. I had to. I lo- I'm like, okay, I can't just say that and be wrong. He had thirty one successful title defenses. He defended it overall thirty two times because because he, uh, he lost it the one to Moxley. because he lost it. Yes. Yeah. So he had thirty two title defenses total. Orange is one of those guys that he should not have been as successful as he is. Just given yeah. who he is as a character and who he is as a wrestler and to see him go on and have the success that he has where he is just as legitimate as anyone else on a roster. I'm just so happy for him. But another match you got to ref. <laughs> <laughs> and the last match we'll talk about uh, was Chris Jericho teaming with the Golden Elite, oh Kenny God. Omega and Kota Ibushi. Uh, but they lost. With such a dream team, they lost. They lost to the Don Callis family, who gained a new member a couple days later. But Sammy Guevara, Will Ospreay, and Kanosuke Takeshita, they won. Yes. Kenny Omega is on quite a losing streak. He has not won a match. Uh, so he won the one when he came back from injury. But Correct. then after that, that's the last match he's won on pay-per-view. They've lost everything else. It's, it's, you have someone like Jericho, who is considered one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. And Kenny Omega, who is also considered one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. And to see them lose was kind of like, whoa, this is this is wild. But also just the names of the people in this match, right? Like Chris, you've got Kenny, you've got Will, who three guys considered greatest. They're, they're going to go down in history as some of the, the ones we talk about the most. But Kota Ibushi and seeing his association, his friendship with Kenny being able to kind of re-blossom in the way that it has. To see... Konosuke Takeshita and who he's become as a character and as as a person like he came in to AEW and nobody really knew who this guy was and a lot of us didn't and we just kind of knew he was like Kenny's boy right like okay well well if Kenny's backing him up like he's gonna be good and now he's one of those guys that I am just so legitimately excited every time I see him wrestle and Sammy Guevara being one of the pillars of AEW to see all of these guys in the ring at the same exact time. And these matches are always kind of tricky just because there's so many moving parts with a trios match. Mm-hmm. I'm so incredibly happy that this went as well as it did, that it was engaging as it was, that it told the story that it did and how it's it's just one step in where this is going. Don Callis, one of the most hated men <laughs> in all of wrestling right now. Like, I literally can't hear what he says on a microphone because people boo him so loudly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we almost have to, like, give him a special microphone with, like, different, like, audio projection just so that, like, we can actually hear what he's saying. And then all of the the art that Mel's been doing to capture all of these moments. Oh, my God. The, the Last Supper. The oh. Last Supper. Yeah, I was... 
So I, I had seen it beforehand, and I didn't. The first time I saw it was in the ring, and I'm trying not <laughs> to like die ring. laughing. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about how you were going to react to that, not having seen it before. Oh my god! I was just thinking about, oh, how is this going to go over? How are the fans going to react to this? And I was so pleased at. I mean, she's so good at what she does. So Shout good. out Mel Coleman for her artwork. She's so amazing. I love that it has just become a part of Don Callis's persona to to have this artwork show up every single week and it's always something new it's always something different it's so great uh, i am so proud of everything that has happened and that has transpired with that group and sammy guevara of course got a victory over chris jericho which is wild um, considering yeah, that they've been tied consider- together since the first episode of dynamite yeah and when you consider that sammy guevara joined the don Callis family immediately after losing to chris jericho it is proven successful for him because he got that victory back been good for him it has been very good for him chris jericho um actually on the same losing streak i had to think about that but he has also not won a pay-per-view match in 2023 chris jericho and kenny omega for two guys who literally main evented the first aew pay-per-view these guys are who would have thought are in a mode where they're fighting from behind yeah it's fascinating it's there's it is extremely there's fascinating. so much good stuff happening so much good stuff happening <sighs> Russell Dream was a literal dream. Like, I'm already looking forward to the next one. Yeah, <laughs> both both Full Gear, but also the next Russell Dream, which I'm very excited that Tony's kind of confirmed, like, we're going to have another one next year. Like, this is another one in the rotation. It's just, we we always kill it at pay-per-views. And to know that we've got another one on the books, I'm like, yeah, this is going to be good. And, and knowing that Full Gear is, is on its way, though, in Los Angeles, LA is just always such a different beast. And the forum is such a historic venue. I'm really excited for that. I'm really excited for all the things that we've got coming up here in All Elite Wrestling. Where can we find all of that, Aubrey? You can find us almost every single night of the week. we got Dynamite Wednesdays on TBS. You've got Thursday. You can watch Honor Club and see some of the amazing guys that we get to see on AEW occasionally. All of this amazing, amazing talent. We've got Friday, Rampage on TNT. We've got Saturday, Collision on TNT. We've got just so much happening. And please, please set your calendars for full gear because... We know how to do pay-per-views. We we know it so, so well. I'm so excited for this. New episodes of AEW Unrestricted every Thursday. Check all your podcast feeds and all of your favorite podcast platforms. You can watch the video episodes. Uh, just search AEW Unrestricted. We've got a cool podcast channel. Check it out. It's awesome. I am Aubrey Edwards with my wonderful friend, Will Washington. Thank you so much for listening to AEW Unrestricted. Peace. Come on, throw your hands up. Let me see you. Unrestricted. Got the house now. Turn it up, up, bring the house down. Got that big space pumping, make them bounce now. Blousing like they bossing, and the freaks are coming out now. Uh, on the street. Uh, on, on the street. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.